ESPN Head in the Game. Yes, welcome back to Head in the Game. I'm Jamie Lang, and we've got a very special episode for you this week. The ESPN Head in the Game Athlete of the Millennium. Now, over the last few weeks, a team of ESPN Head in the Game experts have been holed up in a specially constructed bunker. Now, this is no joke, okay, deliberating, casting their votes for the Athlete of the Millennium. You've also been voting on our social media. Thank you very much for the greatest sports person of the 21st century so far. Now, I'm very delighted to say that my co-presenter, Rachel Stringer, is back from her very jolly holiday in Barcelona, aren't you, Rach? She is here, the 800-meter silver medalist at the Commonwealth Youth Games 2008, the ying to my yang, the tonic to my gin. If only she'd answer my phone calls, here's Rachel! It wasn't a holiday. Well, look, I just, I saw sun cream in your bag and I saw sunglasses on your head and I saw what looked like a mini umbrella in your pocket, which belongs in a cocktail. It screams holiday to me. Well, I thought I left the umbrella at home. No, but all fairness, I was catching a few rays, but it was actually a work trip and you know, I just like to incorporate work and sun. You've got to have a bit of a, a nice time when you're working, haven't you? How was Barcelona? Who did you meet? Where's my present? All three of those combined. Uh, firstly, Barcelona was great. Um, Love the city. Great place to go. Rattle Secondly, through the next one. Let's get to my present. Ida Good Johnson, legend okay. of the footballing yeah, world. Yeah, don't care. Come on. Where's my present? Present, definitely think I might have left that duty free. As in I didn't buy you one. Whoops. Right, let's get back to the Athlete of the Millennium. Now, how is this going to work? Rachel, over to you. Well, we've collated all your votes to create the Athlete of the Millennium 10. Choosing from your top 10, our panel of experts then voted for their number one choice based on a set of criteria as follows. Number one, global impact. Now, does the whole world know this person? Number two, dominance in their era. Was there a rival who came close? Number three, silverware. It's just about titles, championships and cups, right? Number four, personality. This is important. Charisma, entertainment, that's a big part of why we love our sporting heroes. Number five, longevity. How long did this sustained brilliance last? So the more the criteria the athlete fulfills, the higher up the list they go. It's very simple. Now, in a moment, Voice will announce the Millennium 10. But first, let's introduce our guests. Now, we are very delighted to welcome the senior writer for ESPN.com, Wright Thompson. Wright, how are you? I am fabulous. Ah, oh, God, so good to hear your voice. And joining us in the studio is ESPN's Nate Saunders. Hey, how's it going? Nate, how are you? Good, I'm fabulous also. Okay, right, to both of you. Now, <laughs> do you think our five-point criteria for deciding the athlete of the millennium is about right? I like all of those things, and I think sort of either as the sixth thing or flowing through all of the others. When we see someone who's great, we know it. They make you feel a certain way, even about being human. I thought personality would be up the list. Some of the greatest athletes in the world have no personality. I mean, Tiger Woods is an extreme introvert. I sometimes feel like Leo Messi knows like seven words. <laughs> very true there, right? I've interviewed a lot of them and they're very like that. I think when we're talking about personality, again, it's how they make a nation of people feel. So George Best or Michael Jordan, you know, you're talking about guys, Diego Maradona, who for whatever reason make huge groups of people feel something existential about themselves in their home. 
I just think if you look at the likes of Muhammad Ali or Usain Bolt or people like that, their personalities were the ones that shined through from the beginning. And that's why I think, yes, they're great athletes and they've dominated the sport. However, I still think that their personalities were such a big impact on their world dominance. Well, it, absolutely. With Ali, for sure. But Muhammad Ali would also beat your ass. <laughs> and so, like, do you know what I mean? Like, that's, you know, that's part of it. He can make all the jokes he wants. But when he gets in the ring, he's an absolute killer. When they don't have, I guess, as big a reach like the sports like the cricket, NFL, rugby, basketball, does an athlete need to be watched and played worldwide to achieve global icon status? I mean, this list would be very different if it were American athletes or English athletes. Peyton Manning, who's probably one of the 10 most famous people in America, if he were walking through London, all anyone would know is, boy, that's a tall guy with a really big forehead. <laughs> and so the number of people who are actually global superstars, that number is very, very, very small. I'm surprised you can get 10. It really is the number of people who are recognizable in every corner of the world, to me, feels infinitesimal. Yeah, I agree, 100%. I mean, to use a personal example, I don't think I ever would have taken basketball very seriously when I was young, growing up in England, if it hadn't been for Michael Jordan. And he was obviously as good as he was. I think if you can do that and take the sport to a wider audience, that ultimately probably defines greatness. So before we continue this discussion, we need to find out who made the top 10. In no particular order, here is the ESPN head in the game, athlete of the millennium, 10. A voice? Yes, hello. Oh, are you ready? I am indeed. Three, two, one. The ESPN head in the game, athlete of the millennium 10. Roger Federer, the most successful men's tennis player in history, with 20 Grand Slam titles to his name and a career spanning 20 years. Michael Schumacher, the Formula One ace, won more races than anyone else, winning the first five F1 World Championships of the millennium. LeBron James, often considered the best basketball player of all time. His accomplishments include four NBA Most Valuable Player Awards, three NBA Finals Awards, and two Olympic gold medals. Michael Phelps, the most successful Olympian ever. The swimmer has won 23 gold medals in four Olympic Games, far exceeding anyone else in history. He's won more gold medals as an individual than most nations. Usain Bolt, the greatest sprinter ever. Nine Olympic gold medals, 11 world championships, and world records that might take years to break. Floyd Mayweather, surely the best pound-for-pound -pound boxer of the century. The undefeated fighter held numerous world titles at five different weights. Lionel Messi, many believe he's the greatest footballer of all time. Five Ballon d'Ors, four Champions League titles, and the most sublime goals ever. Cristiano Ronaldo, Messi's big rival. Ronaldo has five Ballon d'Ors, five Champions Leagues, Euro 2016 with Portugal, and goals from just about anywhere on the pitch. Tiger Woods. 14 majors make him the second most successful golfer behind Jack Nicklaus. But for injury and personal problems, he may have surpassed the Golden Bear by now. Serena Williams, the only female on the list, dominating women's tennis for nearly two decades. Her 23 singles titles mean she's challenging for greatest player of all-time status. And that is the ESPN Head in the Game Athlete of the Millennium 10. 
So, to repeat the list of 10 then, just quickly, guys. Roger Federer, Michael Schumacher, LeBron James, Michael Phelps, Usain Bolt, Floyd Mayweather, Lionel Messi, Cristiano Ronaldo, Tiger Woods and Serena Williams. So, guys, any names that you're surprised that didn't make the cut, but bearing in mind this is a 21st century list. I was surprised to see Djokovic or Nadal on there. I know Federer's on there as well, but there's a lot of tennis players that have done a lot of dominating in the last sort of really? 15 years. Both of them, Nadal especially in the French Open. If you're talking about dominance, you know, he's won that so many times. I can see, given the other names on there, why they maybe didn't make it. Right, what about you? Any names that should be on the list, do you think? Tom Brady. There we go. On the tip of my tongue, my friend, Tom Brady. But listen, is that because he's not a global superstar? It has to be. It's interesting that, you know, Michael Schumacher, who's at one point was probably the most famous man on the planet, used to vacation in the United States because no one would recognize him. He and his kids used to go ride amusement park go-kart tracks and no one would recognize him. So if you can imagine just a bunch of families, pasty sunburned dudes on vacation, <laughs> spinning around go-kart tracks with Michael freaking Schumacher. And so there is a certain rest of the world American disconnect. You know, look, I, I have no sense of Tom Brady's global reach. I mean, his wife is more famous globally than he is. <laughs> but for so the question in the other categories, does he score high enough in those to make up the big fat zero he gets in global impact? And that's what makes a conversation like this interesting, because he has to get tens the rest of the way. But I guess that's similar to someone like Sachin Tendulkar, who actually I spotted at Wimbledon a few years back, and no one else took any notice. Is that just because it's cricket, Nate? I think a little bit. I think some sports probably lose out by not being global sports. Obviously, cricket. In being, India, he'd be, you know. Yeah, and God. it's it's quite a big Commonwealth sport, you know, cricket, rugby. I mean, I always think about Brian Lara, Joan Lomu as well from rugby. Those two guys, huge in both sports, but would they really translate across the pond? What about Lewis Hamilton? Now, he's won five world titles, uh, but he didn't make the cut. Is that because he doesn't have that much charisma? Is that potentially the reason? I'm actually not surprised he's not on this list. Michael Schumacher, when right's right, he was incredibly famous when he was competing, but I don't think he was really appreciated as he is now. Hamilton, I think the, I think the personality thing comes into it. There's the man versus machine argument in Formula One as well, and once you've given that a bit of time, I think it's easier to appreciate that greatness maybe once they've left the sport a little bit. Well, I mean, Schumacher had no personality. You get the sense that, like, his first word was carburetor. You know, like, <laughs> like, like it's an interesting question. Sachin Tendulkar is one of the most famous people in the world, and yet, I mean, I'm an American. I was at the Cricket World Cup in India, whenever that was, seven, eight years ago, and there was this crazy commotion, and I asked this guy next to me, he was a photographer, I'm like, who's that? And the guy looked at me like I had nine heads. <laughs> he was like, uh, that's Sachin Tendulkar. You know, is India a big enough country that its most famous athlete, just by sheer numbers, is a global superstar? India is, what, four times the population of the United States? So does that mean Sachin Tendulkar can be as fourth as famous as Tom Brady? I don't know. It's a really interesting idea about how famous you could be in a country to get in this conversation. Go back to when I actually met him, and I remember having a picture with him, and I was thinking, this is so cool, I'm going to put it on my Instagram. And I got about 10 likes. You know, that's kind of low, and... I was like, does no one know who this chap is? You know, that's really disappointing. But anyway, let's move on. Slightly disappointed as well that Serena Williams is the only female on the list. I'm kind of having a little look at it again, like global impact, dominance, silverware. How about, right, in particular, I'll see this, Simone Biles. Should she not be maybe mentioned 
on there or hasn't done enough yet in terms of maybe dominance, like hasn't been around as long? Well, the Olympics are odd because it seems like every four years, the Olympics gives us someone who wins all of these medals. Yeah. It's hard to separate them, which isn't their fault. But it's sort of hard to know, is Simone Biles dominant or is she the usual really great American gymnast who we know we're going to get every four years? One of the things we like in our athletes is seeing a incredibly sped up version of the arc of life play out. There's youth and then there is someone struggling with old age and with time. And we find people heroes in different ways for different reasons and how they deal with all of that. The reason athletes who have long careers, we love them so much, is that we see them burning their brightest. And then we see them struggling against the very forces that are also weighing on all of us. And I think it is that humanizing final act that really takes an athlete from someone who's great at their job and turns them into someone some people remember, you know, a person people remember long after their career is done. So many of the 10 in our list are kind of coming to the end of their careers or have retired. Where are the new superstars? I think if you're looking for football, someone who's really stood out is Kylian Mbappe, just from what he's done so young. And everybody now, every kid wants to be Mbappe. Everyone knows who he is, and he looks like the most natural. I think the beauty of this is that, you know, you talk about Mbappe, maybe he becomes Messi, maybe he becomes Paul Pogba. I mean, the beauty of sports is that you don't know if someone can keep this up. I mean, people have these brilliant 36-month runs, these brilliant two-year runs that should be celebrated like diamonds in their own way because they're almost impossible to do. But when you're talking about being in the conversation that we're having, I mean, that's once, twice in a generation kind of stuff. And so what's interesting is to see how someone like Mbappe will stand up to the pressures of fame, of boredom, of time, of injury, of health. He's about to get run through a ringer that almost no one survives. It's so interesting because the number of people who have his talent is almost zero. And then the number of people who don't get it ripped from them is less than that. I love I love athletics. Do you think if anybody went under sub two for the marathon, Elliot Kipchoge, he's close. He's like two hours, one minute. If anyone broke that landmark do you think they'd get the coverage the press we spoke about you know they need to be seen to be great it would be an amazing achievement but it would be very one-off it would be very difficult to see that over and over again i think that's a little bit what Wright was saying about the longevity say simone biles for example if you keep seeing something over and over again that's dominance compared to greatness, I guess. Benet, what do you think? Do you think this is the end of an amazing golden era for sport? I think it feels a bit like that, but then I think a lot of these guys on this list, one of the reasons they're on the list is that they've changed their sport because they've improved the people that are now coming in and playing it. So I think that the playing field now probably is better prepared for you know your next... LeBron. If you look at the NBA now, there's potentially five, six, seven LeBron Jameses who could come out straight out of the bat, whereas LeBron James seemed a bit more you know once-in-a-generation type thing at the time. And right, do you think that uh, success and being an incredible athlete was just down to wanting to beat the records, or do you think money now gets in the way of it? I think the people who are really great, I mean, I think the money is an accidental byproduct of something that is much more personal and much deeper. Nobody who's really great at something is normal, and at anything, at our job, at their jobs, at any job. And so, you know, I don't think anybody who is in this conversation because they want it to be, I think they are trying so hard to fix some broken place inside themselves that all of this other stuff just sort of happens almost accidentally along the way. Okay, it's getting exciting now. Let's count down from 10 to 6. Here is voice. Here we go, Rachel and Jamie. 
the athlete of the millennium from 10 to 6. Number 10, LeBron James. Number 9, Michael Schumacher. Number 8, Cristiano Ronaldo. Number 7, Tiger Woods. Number 6, Floyd Mayweather. And that is the head in the game athlete of the millennium from 10 to 6. Back to you in the studio. Okay, now I've got a question, okay? If only Tiger Woods hadn't been uh, such a naughty boy, um, he may have made the top five, I think. Or is it because of his injuries? What do you think, right? It's absurd that he's not in the top five. Yeah. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm sitting there, I'm thinking, well, I mean, Tiger, to me, certainly feels more dominant than Federer. Yeah, it's a tough one. I know Woods has done a lot sort of away from the, the golf course as well, but if you compare that to what other golfers are doing, it's not that easy to win multiple majors like he did. And he won so many in such a period of time. I don't think that the fact that you suddenly stop being dominant or the fact that you're doing stuff away from, from your sport that isn't maybe favorable in the eyes of the media or whatever should affect this. Do you know what, Nate? I'm going to disagree with you because if we go to a dominance, right? Mm. And Tiger Woods was dominant. He was dominant for so long. But if you look at someone like Messi or Ronaldo, uh, Ronaldo won the Euros with Portugal when they won a great team. He's built teams up to make them great. They, Messi is exactly the same and year in, year out has scored 30, 40 goals a, a season. I oddly feel like they deserve to be higher. I see the argument, and I think um, those two probably benefit from being a bit younger than Tiger as well, if we're looking at from the millennium. Another thing with those two guys, I think, is interesting that we have Messi ahead of Ronaldo, because I think the narrative maybe has shifted the other way in recent years. But those two guys, the argument that is always over their heads is how good are the players around them. Messi, the criticism is he hasn't won with Argentina. I know LeBron James spent a lot of years trying and failing to win with maybe subpar NBA teams. So the team thing, I think complicates the waters a lot more than if, if it's just you if it's just tiger woods you can say i did or didn't win that grand slam in terms of standout though if you rec- most recognizable athletes mm. you probably would put messi and ronaldo as that and that's going back to personality over performance maybe but i'm um, just back to golf and i guess many thought tiger maybe would surpass uh, jack nicholas do we think that's maybe not gonna happen now no definitely not i mean i think if tiger won one more major championship he would disappear from the stage by all accounts, even by people who don't like him, he's a fabulous father. Really makes sure that his kids don't have to compete inside the bubble of their lives with his celebrity and his just dad. I think that if he could ever, for one more weekend, show them what it used to be like and what he used to be like, that that would be enough for him. And honestly, I think if he could choose between winning one major with them in the crowd and 15 more majors with them at home, he would pick the one. I mean, I think that's what's going on now. You're seeing something very private play out in a very public stage yeah 100 percent. let's go to schumacher as well he's up there but it's so sad what has happened to him in his kind of personal life but he's obviously the greatest f1 driver of the 21st century but is he the greatest ever uh it's the age-old question in f1 and it's so difficult to say because you have cars you have machinery but also you have different standards of safety new circuits i mean a lot of people in f1 will say fangio or jim clark who raced in an era when a lot more races were killed. It was so much more dangerous than it is now. And obviously the number one name that always crops up ahead of Schumacher is Senna. But after. Nate, as a Formula One fan, okay, be honest with me. <laughs> Do Formula One drivers qualify as athletes? I play Scare Electrics, so yeah. I, I'm pretty good at that. 
What, am I an athlete? The physicality involved in driving a modern F1 car is pretty amazing. It's probably easier now than it was 10, 15, 20 years ago, but you know, I've seen what those guys go through to train and it's pretty intense what they're doing, so I absolutely think so. Um, right, question for you. So Floyd Mayweather is at number six. He's easily the most successful boxer of the 21st century, but does he really have that many kind of rivals? Absolutely not. He is the opposite of a great fighter because he is technically perfect. Conor McGregor, that lunatic, almost <laughs> beat him. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he almost lost to Conor McGregor, which is insane. Put it this way, someone who's never boxed That's purely entertainment. not be yeah. able to step in the ring and even survive with him for a round. Yeah. If you put Conor McGregor in the ring with Mike Tyson... Mike Tyson would have killed him. Like, literally, they would have had to come and put him on a stretcher and take him to the morgue. So he shouldn't be at number six, categorically, no? No, he shouldn't, no. He should... Not even the top ten? Here's how unsca- No, here's how unscary he is. And you can Google this, this is true. Okay. The rapper T.I. once tried to fight him in a Las Vegas fast food joint. Oh, gosh. And I'm just saying, if it's three in the morning and T.I. thinks he can beat your ass, <laughs> you are not the best pound-for-pound fighter in the world. You I probably think not. I would as well. I was I always used to arm wrestle people at three in the morning. I probably think I could beat Floyd Stop Mayweather. Stop going back to your flirting tactics. <laughs> sorry, it's weird. Sorry. Nate, you are nodding all the way through Wright's conversation there. I was. And I think uh, if we go to longevity in our five things of how you rank them I think Mayweather actually here is the opposite of that in a guy who just cannot retire a guy you know there's the whole I think, is he 50 and 0 now or is he 49 50 and 0 yeah which he got to but again as Wright said one of them was against Conor McGregor and he's just kind of been eking himself towards that without retiring so to me I wouldn't have put him. he's the one standout name on this list I wouldn't agree with either okay well, we're going to find out soon who is ESPN's head in the game athlete of the millennium however the top five in no particular order is as follows now we have Serena Williams Roger Federer Lionel Messi Usain Bolt and Michael Phelps alright now okay we've got to get back to the criteria for selecting the athlete of the millennium now global impact dominance silverware personality longevity which of the remaining five do you think ticks all the boxes now, I'm going to say Serena, Roger, and Usain. Nate, what do you think? I'm going to be very boring and agree with those three. I was about to agree as well. Gosh, guys, that's annoying. Okay, right, what about you? I would probably say Roger and Serena. Again, I feel the way about Usain Bolt, that there are only seven or eight other people in the world who are really even aspiring to be that great at it, right? But then, I guess I'm looking at personality tick, global impact tick, Silverware, tick. Dominance in their era, yeah, like, completely dominated. He still holds two of the world records from 09. I'm in the ESPN uh, studios overlooking the, the river, looking at Brooklyn right now. And if Serena Williams walked in this building, the whole metabolism of the building would change. And I think that's probably true for Roger Federer. Usain Bolt was in this bu- If he were in this building, I'm not sure I would recognize him if someone didn't point him out. No way. Phelps, he's the greatest Olympian. We only saw him once every four years. We don't really look at the kind of world championships. Uh, surely, you know, that's a factor. Yeah, and also, I mean, again, he's won all these medals. He's absolutely dominant. If you get on YouTube right now and watch the funeral for Muhammad Ali, or you watch the funeral for George Best, or you watch several years from now, hopefully many years from now, you watch the funeral through the streets of Buenos Aires for Diego Maradona. When Michael Phelps dies, are they going to do that? Because yeah. I think the answer is no. Yeah, but do you think that's because they stood for much more than Phelps stands for? 
I suppose. I think that yeah. Phelps was an absolute yes. beast. The commentator said that he became half dolphin. <laughs> he actually, that is dominance right there, personified. It is absolutely dominance. I guess it sort of it gets to when you start bringing things in like personality and global reputation, it does start to separate it from people who are technically perfect at their craft and people for whom large groups of people strongly identify with. By the way, that's the unanswerable question that's at the heart of all this that makes it so interesting, is that, like, why do certain people capture our imaginations in the way that other people don't? Because they're all sort of technically perfect at their craft. Let's go to the only female on this list, Serena Williams. And, you know, I've seen her around uh, Wimbledon a lot of times now, and she walks past, and like you said, if she went into the ESPN offices... Everybody just stands still. You don't even go up to her and ask for a picture or an autograph because she has that aura around her. She is just a godly kind of person. Um, she's won everything. She's now a mum. You know, she's still winning titles. Is she one of the most famous women on the planet? Yeah, got to be. Beyond, I'd say beyond sport. If someone's not watched a tennis game or a sports game before, they surely know Serena Williams. Yeah, I mean, I would argue the three most famous women in the world are... Michelle Obama, the Queen, and Serena Williams. Yeah, nice. Let's throw Oprah in there as well. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Oprah. Don't mess with Oprah. <laughs> and Rachel Stringer. I'm not. <laughs> Rachel Stringer's up yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, sorry, sorry. I forgot. I forgot. I forgot. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Huge oversight. The Queen, Michelle Obama, <laughs> and Serena Williams, and then Rachel. Oh, fourth. I'll take fourth over those guys. Right. I'm going to ask you this. Who is your number one then? My number one is Serena Williams. Really? Yes. I like that. For the ladies. I like that. Nate, what about you? Uh, It's between Bolt and Serena. Um, I think the Serena point that Wright's made about her walking into places is good. But I think as well, Bolt, just everything he did in in athletics was just unbelievable. I know we've debated about Phelps and only four years, but then we saw Bolt in world championships as well. So I'm sitting on the fence currently. Maybe give me another minute or two and I might have made my mind up. I can't work it out. Do you know what? I'm, I'm going to be rogue. I'm going to go Lionel Messi. Oh, someone had to. What? I just People are like shaking their heads and be going, what? Hey, it's my opinion. I'm going to go for it. Well, let's not delay it any further, right, guys? Okay, so here we go for the ultimate quintet, the athlete of the Millennium Top 5 culminating in the number one here goes voice let the top five countdown commence here we go with the head in the game athlete of the millennium top five number five Lionel messi number four serena williams number three roger federer number two michael phelps and at number one You voted for Usain Bolt, the head in the game, athlete of the millennium. Wow. Phelps at two. Wow. Wow. That's really surprising. One, two. Do you know what? Phelps was on the tip of my tongue. He was on the tip of my tongue. (laughs) So Usain Bolt is our athlete of the millennium. Uh, Right. Reactions for that firstly. What do you think? Well, I think we're quibbling with it. The truth is that all ten of these people are unbelievable and so it's like it's fun to do in a bar or a pub every one of them you could make the case they could be i'm very surprised you know anybody who does this job to even be in a conversation like this with usain bolt or serena or messi you have to have dedicated so much of your life and traded so much of it in order to even be a professional athlete much less be a good one much less be a great one and so i mean i'm surprised he's number one but 
also, I guess part of me isn't. I mean, he's obviously fabulous. Every one of these people is very impressive. You're so right. Right, Thompson, thank you so much for joining us in uh, the studio today. Now, uh, I hear you have a book out. Is that right? That is correct. It was out yesterday, and it's coming out soon. Uh, we have a Commonwealth publisher as well, so coming to London for uh, a couple of book events, bringing my mom. I'm pretty excited. And what's the book called? The book is called The Cost of These Dreams. Awesome. Sounds amazing. Right, Thompson, thank you so much. Thanks, guys. So Usain Bolt is our athlete of the millennium. Let's get reaction from someone who's actually raced against the great man. It's Team GB's Harry Akinzarite. I hear Harry can call you Harry AA. You can call me Harry AA. It's a bit of a mouthful, yeah. <laughs> well, Usain Bolt has been voted ESPN Head in the Game Athlete of the Millennium. Do you think that's right? Um, I'd say that's right. Uh, when you look at what he's done in the sport, you know, he's a global superstar. You know, some people might argue, uh, some other athletes in terms of, you know, people like Muhammad Ali or whoever else, or in terms of other, other retrospects, in terms of what he's done, he's on the same level, I would say. So therefore, he is, you know, he's rightfully owned that title, I would say. We had a bit of a discussion before you joined us. And so we had Phelps at two. Federer at three, Serena Williams at four, and Lionel Messi at five. Out of those five I've just named, would you have put Bolt at one out of the five I just said? Messi, Williams, Federer, Phelps, Bolt. Yes, Federer in terms of what he's done on the court is, is amazing. Obviously, when you look at longevity in terms of sport and achievements, he's, he spans over like you know, a similar sort of period in time, if not longer. In terms of the global sport, in terms of athletics, you only really get the eyes on you in terms of the world of the Olympics and the fact that he's produced so many medals, he's done the triple-triple. To do that on three occasions is just ridiculous and to sort of go over like three Olympic cycles, win the 100 metres on three different occasions as well as the 200 and be a main part of the relay not winning it for your team. It's, um, it's outstanding really. So, you know, that's a global sport. Athletics, in, in all fairness, you could argue is a poor man's sport. So in regards to when I say that, anyone could do it. You don't need anything but yourself to partake in the majority of the event. So, you know, we are really and truly, it is really and truly a global event. So when you are beating the rest of the world, he is literally the fastest man on the planet. There are some, you know, questions where you might argue who's better, Ronaldo or Messi. That's that down to an opinion. You can look at certain facts and stats, but it's opinionated. Whereas, you know, when he sort of crossed the line, against, you know, X, Y, Z people. And in terms of sprinting in general, the last, from 2006 onwards, we've probably been in the best era of 100-meter sprinting we've ever had in terms of depth and having firmly sub-10 sprinters and sprinters running under 9.7 or 9.7 low. So from that perspective, it's, it's ridiculous. And to reign top or supreme over so many sprinters is, is amazing. You've run against the great man. What yep. is it like sort of setting yourself up next to him is he relaxed is he calm does he hold a presence are you nervous is it scary what do you feel when you're next to him when i first went in we're probably looking at 2009 i think it was i first stepped up against him on a relay and i was excited because i was only about early 20s you know seeing how everyone reacted to him just walking behind him and you know just the presence and the aura that he sort of gave back to the crowd as well when he runs fast you tend to run fast if you're in a fast race the whole field sort of pulls with him so it's just about technically sprinting is about running your own race but there's nothing wrong with using people around you it's not so much ignoring who he is because you can't ignore what he brings to the sport so ultimately it's about using it that's sort of my mindset i'm a positive person it's all about 
using any situation and turning it into something that can be beneficial for yourself. I've been in post-race press conferences with him, and he's, he's a laugh. He's, he's a joker. He's, he's got one mind or something else. He's ready for something else. But he's always on track about what's going on and how he's going to present himself. And he's, he's done that as a gentleman throughout the majority of the sport, but also been himself. Because that was our criteria as well. So we ranked uh, the top 10 based on global impact, dominance, silverware personality, which you just kind of spoke of, and longevity in the sport. And then I guess, Harry, in terms of athletics as well, do you think Mo Farah could ever be even spoken about in the same sentences as someone like Usain Bolt? Yeah, I definitely think so. In terms of achievement, 100% most taken something that was so far gone in a certain sense and brought it back to the British public and seen how much he's inspired people to go and do a park run, to go and get out there and be fitter and be stronger and, and to feel better about their way of life. He's influenced a lot of people because, again, when he goes and does 5K, 10K, people are comparing times, you know, they're being like, and, and people can appreciate how good he is because the majority of the public go out and, you know, is accessible to go and do, whereas no one really understands how fast we run in terms of 100-meter sprinting. It's just, it's just something to see up close. I don't know, it's a feat in itself, and it's, and it's quite special to see. But again, it's hard to appreciate, let's say, over the telly. But that's why Bolt is so good at what he does, because, again, when he's beating people that are running so fast anyway and putting a gap on people or celebrating before the line, that's what kind of makes him, you know, a superstar. And when you look at Mo, I think um, he's definitely got that personality. Everyone knows he supports Arsenal. Everyone knows that, you know, he's a family man. So it's one of those things that, yeah, you could you could definitely speak about him in the same way. I mean, Jamie's tried to run fast. He's got, what's your PB of 800, Jamie? My PB uh, is about <laughs> 1 minute 58. See, not bad, Harry, hey? 158. Okay, he's a sub-two-minute sub man. Uh, hey, hey, Harry, listen to this. <laughs> Harry AA. You better watch your step because I ran the 100 metres in 10.8. Have you seen a picture of Harry? You've seen Harry run, yeah? In 10, you run 10.8 seconds. I run 10.8 and I threw the javelin 54 (laughs) metres. So. Mate, you need to do the castle, I think. Mate, they asked me, but I've got too much on my hands. (laughs) (laughs) Harry, I saw you take your top off and it's uncanny how similar we look. So. Yeah, you reckon? <laughs> what do you bench? I bench. What do I say? Four hundred. You just find a number at me, haven't you? He literally, that's all he does, Harry. <laughs> One more question: Will there be another bolt? Is anyone kind of coming through that could take his record um, or take his records? It's hard to say in terms of anyone coming through that sort of. Christian Coleman. Um, you know, broke the world record indoors. He ended the year ranked number one. He's got a bit of swagger about him. I wouldn't say he's as out, outward going as Bolt, but he's definitely someone to keep an eye on. Harry, what are you up to at the moment? Well, we're hearing on Portugal, is that right? Um, I am. I'm in, I'm in Lisbon um, getting ready for uh, the season ahead. Some training needs to be done. Obviously, you come away to get some, some warm weather. Just uh, the muscles feel better. You're in camp life mentality. You can focus. Uh, we've got the World Relay coming up in Japan. And um, yeah, so just preparing for that as well perfect listen buddy if you need any tips let me know just remember the arms faster the arms go the faster the legs go that's the, the you trick you know what you say that but not a lot of people know that so oh. thank you for passing that on that uh, is actually a very good tip I, I, I often give a few individuals that tip because they just don't use their arms yeah they don't know they do what you are telling them to do Harry <laughs> AA don't forget 10-8 10 seconds 8 milliseconds. If I'm honest, I'm more impressed with the sub two because I think he beat me over the sub two. 
I'd love you guys to do a workout. Harry, you so need to get Jamie in the gym with you. That's something I'd love to see on some ESPN's <laughs> <Jamie>. YouTube channel. <laughs> that could easily be done. I've done a few sessions with a couple friends of yours, so um, yeah, that can easily be done. I was in the gym with uh, Ryan the other day. Ryan, listen, that's another thing totally else together. All oh, right, we can get you in the gym. <laughs> Cheers, buddy. Guys, thank you. Uh, Harry Akinsarite, I want to say a big thank you to Wright Thompson and Nate in the studio right now. Thank you so much for joining us today, guys. Really appreciate it. Harry, thank you very much. No worries. Thanks, guys. ESPN, head in the game. Okay, big thanks to Harry Akinsarite uh, and earlier Wright Thompson. But, Nate, you're still in the studio right now, so I'm asking you that if you would possibly stay and join in on my favourite part of the show, because it's time for... Yes, it's the Head in the Game quiz. Rachel, Jamie and Nate, good evening to you, sir. Evening. Are you ready for a quiz? Yep. Round one. This is all about our number one athlete of the millennium, Usain Bolt. True or false? Rachel, Usain Bolt has run 100 metres in less than nine seconds. True or false? False. It's true. His relay split in the London 2012 Olympics was 8.7 seconds. Jamie, Usain Bolt was a patient of Dr. Hans Wilhelm Muller-Wolfart, otherwise known as Healing Hands. True or false? Easy one. False. It's true. No. He was Bayern Munich's doctor. <laughs> Nate, in 2008, Usain broke the 200 meters world record with one shoe. True. It was false. It was with one shoe untied. Uh. Close. Rachel. Usain's pre-race meal was usually Big Mac and chips. False. That is correct. Chicken nuggets. It was chicken McNuggets. Okay, round two. Multiple choice. Jamie, how many times has our boxer Floyd Mayweather been beaten? A, once. B, six times. C, never. D, twice. He's been beaten once when he wasn't a pro. He's actually been beaten six times as an amateur. I was trying to trick you there because he's never been beaten as a professional. Nate, in 2007, Roger Federer became the first living Swiss person to be A, named after an airport, B, featured on a postage stamp, C, given an honorary knighthood by the Queen, D, granted tax-free status. Uh, sorry, what was B again? Featured on a postage stamp. <laughs> oh, postage stamp. Yeah, let's go with that. Is correct. <laughs> Rachel. Michael Phelps is A, an honorary member of the British Hamster Racing Society, B, has 28 Olympic medals, C, once spent an entire week eating nothing but soup and sandwiches, or D, all of the above. All of the above? Is correct! Hamsters? Ooh. Jamie. Serena Williams won the 2017 Australian Open, A, without losing a set throughout the tournament, B, while she was pregnant, C, with a broken little finger, D, defeating her sister Venus in the final. I want to say pregnant. Is correct. Yes. Oh, it's hotting up now. Round three. Nate, who said this? It's either going to be Serena, Roger, Usain, Messi or Phelps. Our top five. I really think a champion is defined not by their wins, but by how they can recover when they fall. I'm going to say that sounds like Federer. It's Serena. Uh. Rachel, who said this? A lot of legends, a lot of people have come before me, but this... Is my time. Come on, Rachel, ah, hurry up. Roger, Federer. It's you saying. Oh. Jamie, two more questions left. Who said this? The best decisions aren't made with your mind, but your instinct. Serena, Roger, Usain, Messi or Phelps? Messi. Is correct. Boom. 
And finally, this could be the decider, Nate. I never lifted a single weight in my life. Messi. It's Michael Phelps. Uh, okay. <laughs> and the winner is Jamie. Yes. Oh. Yeah, finally, you won. Screw you, I Nate. I won. Was the Messi one? Did you know that? Or did you guess? Just know everything, Rachel. To be honest, I just know everything. Or did you cheat? Mm, did you no. cheat? No, I didn't cheat. What? Stop taking this victory away from me, voice. Oh. Right, that's about all for this week. Usain Bolt is the athlete of the millennium. I think incredibly well deserved. Thanks to everyone who voted. Feel free to comment on who made the millennium ten. Do you agree with the result? Now, don't forget to subscribe and review and spread the love. Until next time, keep your head in the game. Oh yeah. ESPN head in the game. <laughs>